What's happening, folks? I am Alicia Henley, aka The Smooth Factor. Welcome to my Crash Pad. This is a podcast for technologists, creatives, and my techie tribe. On it, we'll be going behind the scenes and looking at some of the latest technologies that drives incredible experiences. And of course, we'll have open discussion on the challenges, success, and the designs of these spaces. So without further ado, let's hop into this week's episode. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Crash Pad. Listen, everybody, I'm so excited, and I know I say this on almost every episode, but it's the truth because I am got God damn it, I'm excited, right? I have people on my show that I am inspired by that are doing great things, and today is no different. Today, my guest is Robin Kenny, CEO of Motor City Women's Studios. Robin, what's happening, girl? Hey! <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy. Thank I'm you so for having happy. me. I'm yes. happy to be here. Like like we were chatting before we actually hit record, like it's been too long. We actually have to find ways to connect and engage with people, right? Let's not just follow. Let's just not connect on LinkedIn. Let's actually put in some work and support each other. And that is what this episode is really about because I've been watching you do your thing for some years now, like years within Sound Girl, you know, like yes. you was really setting the bar. I was like, okay, here's a woman. All right. And then here's a black woman like killing it with their own studio. Like at one point, that was the dream for me, you know, and wow. part of our careers wow. is pivoting. Yes, I pivoted. It, You know, it happens. But mm-hmm. watching you over the years, growing your business and growing your career has truly been inspiring. So let's just start there. Tell us a little bit about your journey and, and like your path, your roadmap. Um, to reach this level of success that you that you've kind of started peaking at. Oh wow! Well, my journey within this audio industry it started in the back of my mom's red Ford Tempo. Um, growing up okay. here in Detroit, I'm a native Detroiter, and growing up here, I had the luxury of hearing a black woman on the radio every day by the name of Martha Jean the Queen. And what was different about this show was, A, she was one of one in Detroit at that time, as far as a woman hosting her own show. But eventually she went on to own the station. And I really think that that laid the foundation in my mind of what was possible. And I did not look at a career in audio as a career, I didn't look at audio as a career at that time. I was really interested in becoming a veterinarian. So I initially enrolled oh, wow. in school. I was a pre-vet major. You talk about wow. a journey. <laughs> Surprise. 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 Um, and it wasn't until I, I did my first internship and fainted when a, they were doing an operation on a dog. And it was just, I was so overwhelmed that I was like, maybe I just love animals. (laughs) And that's okay. And that's what my counselor said. That's okay. And so I changed my major to to business. I I always loved business and and people. So I was a human Mm -hmm. resource major. All this time, I'm still listening to radio and later on in the in the in the late 90s Martha Jean the Queen passed and I was such a fan and she was such a dynamic part of my upbringing that I found old Mm. 
episodes on YouTube. So I was still listening to her. And what captivated me about her was that she was strong-willed. She was respected. She was loving. But she held her own. She held her own. Right. And um, I, I really think that and moved back to Detroit, still loving talk radio. And like, gosh, you know, I, I noticed that there weren't a lot of women on the radio still. At that point, there were more, but typically the woman was the sidekick. She was brought on for a very specific reason to talk about pop culture, breast cancer awareness month, things of that nature. And that's kind of messed up. And I was doing an interview for an organization. And after the radio interview, one of the radio execs came up to me and said, hey, have you ever considered having a radio show of your own? And I said, no, you know, I love radio. I never saw myself on the radio and he was persistent. Six months later, we started the Motor City Woman radio show and this was in 2015 and I loved it. I fell in love with it. I highlighted women who were doing great things in the city for the city. And this was before I tell people, this was before women's empowerment was a thing before it was, you know, catchy. I just love like, the people who were the movers and shakers that I knew were what who have they happened to be women. Um, so you know right, that right. went on for months, and and then a light bulb came into my head that there are other voices that need to be heard, not just mine. So how do we right, again right. evolve the Motor City Woman Radio Show, and that became the Motor City Woman Radio Network. And over the years, we've just Added on services, you know, podcasting, audio book, scores for film, awesome voiceovers for commercials. And, and that's all because of the connection that we have with the community, which is always on the forefront of everything that we do. Right, right. So you led with community. You led with uh, being inspired by other women in your community. And then you basically monetized it. Yeah, I, I led with, I don't know how this is going to work, but I love it. It feels good. I believe I'm making a difference. And it goes back to, again, Martha Jean the Queen and how, you know, I remember she was doing food drives. And when it was election time, different politicians came on her show to talk and, and she would hold them to task. And I was like, gosh, we really don't have that. Where Where is that? I was trying to find that for myself as a listener. And I could not find that. And I knew it was time for me to create it since I couldn't find it. Right. And it kind of goes back to that saying, um, I heard this guy, Anthony, shout out to Anthony. I'm going to have to get up with him now that I'm thinking about it. I went to his conference back in New York a, a while back and he opened it with, you know, none of us are reinventing the wheel. We just put in spinners on it or dubs or or rims, whatever you call it in the city you're from, right? And I was like, man, that's so true because we're all really creating our own path and are inspired by some what somebody else did. We're just put we're just putting our own swag on top of that to really make our mark and try to create that community and give back and add value. That's right. That's right. There's nothing new under the sun. And I really do believe that that foundation and kind of my destiny was set of like, wow, this is what I'm here to do. Right, right. Okay. So what was the moment or, you know, can you think back to a time when you were like, this is for the love of audio. This is all stemming from audio. This is my passion. And this is what I'm going to do. What was that moment that like gave you, I don't know, the goosebumps or the hair stood up on the back of your neck? Like, this is it. This is it. 
Well, you know, and, and the story was not a very smooth journey. You know, I kind of glossed through it and, and told you that. But when my partner and I started Motor City Woman, we were both working full-time jobs. And when we started the radio network, I was pregnant with my third child. So Yeah, shout out to the kids. Shout out to the kids in the back. <laughs> They're like, I want to be on the show too. Hey, all are welcome. All are welcome. But okay, so y'all are both working full-time jobs. Having children. Having children. Uh, My partner has decades of experience in audio. So this was, I was more so concentrating on the community part of it, the visionary part of it. He focused on the technical aspects. How do we make this work? My background, and when I moved back to Detroit, I specialized in helping people start businesses. And so you will see all these things work together because when we started our business, I already knew who to call. You know, I knew I already had the relationships. And I think that's another component of my story, definitely, is the importance of cultivating relationships. I don't think enough people in any industry talk about that. The relationships, you know, it's the worst thing in the world if someone reaches out to you and you don't even know them. They have the nerve to ask you for something. I don't even know you. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I legit just posted about this on LinkedIn yesterday. Like, utilize your network. Don't reach out when you need something. Build relationships, cultivate relationships, and eventually the business will happen, right? Don't lead with a sales pitch. We don't care. Nobody cares anymore. There's too much going on in the world and in our own daily lives to care about what people are selling, right? We want to know why. We want to know why it matters, but we also want to have relationships with people because people buy from people, right? There's there's a ton of podcasting services that are out there, but I guarantee you people come to you because they love Robin. They love the service you provide and everything that's tied into that, right? They're buying into you, not necessarily a service. So when people start focusing more on cultivating relationships, that's the sweet spot. And that's what I've been saying for years because that's how I continued to grow my career. And social media makes it so easy now, you know. There's no limits. There's, there's no, no limits. limits. You know, the a lot of the opportunities that I've reached and that I've been able to take advantage of were due to me being bold enough to, you know, reach out to people. Hey, I just love what you're doing. Keep doing it. That looks great. Da, 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 you know. Uh, But the flip side of that is not overlooking the community within your circle too. And I think a a great example of this is what Issa Rae is doing. You know, she's like, okay, I'm building, but my homegirl over here who I know is a a great designer. I'm going to have her come on up too. So it doesn't have to be, you know, someone who, who's three and four circles out of, of your nucleus of people, it can be, I know for me, it's the people in my own backyard who I know are, oh my gosh, I have a friend who's really good at financial literacy. If I ever do anything with financial literacy, who's going to be on that ticket? Exactly. It, it keeps you top of mind. Yeah. And then and then it doesn't feel like work, right? Because you're partnering with people that you've already built relationships with. It's like, yo, let's go get this bag together. Let's go capitalize on these opportunities together yes but there's plenty of it I tell people there's plenty all of the it time. and there's there's plenty of yeah it. and there's actually more the of it if you partner you know like there's more opportunity in partnering and and in those relationships that'll 
ultimately just come organically by starting with the basics of cultivating relationships. You you touched you touched on that one. So I'm I'm a I'm gonna bring it to this because I found you because of Sound Girls, right? And for people who don't know, Sound Girls is this it's a global organization that's focused on pretty much changing the face of audio, you know, highlighting women that are in all facets of audio. When I saw Robin was leading the Detroit chapter, that's how we initially connected. Because at the time I was leading the Houston and the Austin chapters. So I was paying very close attention to what everybody else was doing around the country since I, w- I was new to this. Your chapter is was one that I was watching from the early days. So as a leader and the founder of, of that, you know, Detroit chapter, tell us a little bit about that and what your mission is within the organization. Sure. You know, when we started Motor City Women Studios, we first noticed or our first concentration was getting more women identifying on the microphone. Then as we started to hire and need, you know, freelancers, it changed my focus to, hey, we need more women on the board. Where do I find these women? And luckily, you know, we have a couple of schools here based in the Metro Detroit area who I've been able to have great relationships with over the years who have helped us to build a funnel for internships over the years. Now that's a pipeline for you. Yes. Yeah, so that was really helpful. Nice. That was really helpful. And being on Google, being up and look Googling organizations and putting in things like women in sound and seeing what comes up. And sound girls came up. And of course, I go through chapter locations on the website. I don't see anything in Michigan. Oh, no, 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 no. And what did I say when I see something that I think needs to be in existence? That means I have to create it. And so <laughs> I reached out to Carrie Key. Shout out to Carrie. Shout out to Carrie. Shout out to Carrie for sure. And she said, no, we don't have a chapter of Detroit. Would you like to start one? I was like, uh, well, wait a minute. I ain't say all that. But then I was like, I have to. <laughs> I have to. It, it must exist. So that's how it started. And over the years, we've been able to do a variety of workshops. One of my favorite workshops that we did was actually held in a studio where part of Eminem's 8 Mile was recorded. So that was super special. And I remember the owner was hesitant to let us use the space. And while doing the workshop, he just so happened to be in the area and stopped in. I understood that. But him seeing that, hey, we're here to learn. We were there to, to network. And we were happy that one of his engineers uh, was a woman. So, you know, she was able to not only show us around, but we, we went over things like how to mic, you know, a drum set, just all sorts of things. And it was just really just educational. And, and I think over the years, the one thing that I've noticed is one of the reasons that there aren't more women in the sound and audio industry is just lack of visibility and, and seeing someone who looks like you. Like, oh, I remember I was at a Mary J. Blige concert. Behind the board was a Black woman. What? So did I wait until after the concert to go up to her? Yes, I did. Yes, I as I said, if you're ever back in the Detroit area, let me know. I would love to highlight you and put you on a platform so other women can see, you know, and she was traveling. So, you know, in the, when you what? see things like that, you're like, oh, okay, that, that you know, 
Oh yeah. It triggers something in you. Like I, I didn't I didn't used to agree with that statement. If you can see me, you could be me. And, and one of my good friends, she who is now one of my good friends, like that was her line. And I was like, girl, it don't matter who I see, I'ma go get it. You know what I mean? The more I started getting into this, the more I realized like that representation is important because it's that spark, right? It's like that spark that you keep needing to, you know, relight your flame. It's inspiring to see like, hey, I'm on to something. This can be done because she did it and she did it and she did it, right? Yeah. And you also, you see it as normal. Like for example, growing up, I didn't know any entrepreneurs. I didn't have any entrepreneurs in my family. We were the stereotypical black family moved up here from the South to work for Ford Motor Company, work in the auto industry and retire. That was it. That's your life. And now that, you know, we are family of entrepreneurs, my kids, it's, it's second nature for them to talk about profit and loss, to talk about customer acquisition. They're in the studio all the time. So I think, you know, fast forward, they're going to be like, oh yeah, it was, that was a no-brainer for me to consider entrepreneurship because I grew up in it. Right. Now that's powerful. You know, there was a business being being done out of my home. Right. Right. <laughs> so of course I the, and that's and that's how you create equity within your own family and within your own community. And that's that's what's missing. I think that's what's more of that is needed to show that this can be done and we can keep it in our family. We can keep it in our community and pass it on, you know, and, and really establish ourselves. That's man, that's powerful. That really hit me. I had to take a minute and just be <laughs> that, that hit me. I had, to, <laughs> I had to take a minute and process that. Cause I hit you. Okay. Yeah. That's cause so going back to what your friend said about you know, if you can't see it, I didn't see any entrepreneurs and the entrepreneurial bug didn't hit me until I was forced to start my own business. I was, you know, pregnant. I was in a toxic work environment where I had to make a decision for my own mental health. Right. And I knew like, if I don't do it now, I'm going to look back and say, I should have done that. Why didn't I do that? I had all the tools, you know, and, you know, so... I just went on and did it. So you just went on and did it. And shout out to my homegirl Alexis Lebroy. We, I'm gonna have to connect y'all because we're gonna okay. do her show next. We'll make, we'll make, we'll make that happen because all of this conversation about equity, you know, stepping out on, you know, on faith and creating your own opportunities, like this is legit giving me goosebumps right now. Oh, and I think I this could you. be, I see <laughs> and I think this could definitely be a longer conversation. But for now, let's talk about your your success with your studios. Right, you started as a radio show then you started focusing on the community and now you have actual locations and if I'm not mistaken you have two studios is that right yes we have two studios currently you know over the last couple of years have not been fun as a, a brick and mortar you know business owner however what has helped us was that we already had a nationwide clientele so we already we're used to platforms like Zoom and Squadcast to produce content. We, we were already doing that. And that's what helped us really. When COVID-19 pandemic hit, we were able to pivot pretty easily and allow our clients who were used to coming to a physical location, give them an alternative like that. It was like, oh, well, here's an opportunity. We have some clients who 
we helped them to, to build out a little studio in their home, you know? So we were able to, to do things kind of on a dime. Currently, you know, with our second location in Midtown Detroit, Audio Engineers of Detroit, we're, we launched an audio engineering school, you know? Again, we saw the need. Right. It's a huge need, a huge need. Like this is a debate that's constantly going on, right? Do I need a bachelor's degree? Can I go to school for this? It's something that was very hard and I still struggled with up until recently because I was like, should I go back to school? Because I went to trade school for audio engineering. It wasn't, at the time, there was three options. There was Full Sail, there was Art Institute, or there was this school called Media Tech Institute, which is the one I went to. And there needs to be more options for audio engineering certifications, because I feel like this is a field that you do not necessarily need to go to college and earn a bachelor's degree to be successful. Most of the people I know do not have a formal education in audio and are making a living out of it and have been doing so for decades. Right. Right, right. And no, and there's nothing against the college route, right? But sure, time, sure. times are changing. Like <laughs> the economy has changed. Do you have, can you afford to go yeah. to college for four years to do something that you could have went to a one-year program and spent less money on and pursue your career? Like there's alternatives to being successful. I feel like back in the right. day, it was, okay, go to school, finish school, go to college, and then mm -hmm. do what you want to do, right? Like it was more of a set path for, for certain industries. And right. now I feel like there's so many tools out there between Google certifications, audio engineering certification. There's a trade for almost right. everything to where you can really create, you know, a space for yourself in any field. So tell us more about this school. So at the second location of your studio, it is now a school for audio engineering. That is correct. We launched in October of 2021 with our first set of students. We're getting ready for our spring session right now. And it's a full nine month curriculum. They meet twice a week for three hours each meeting. What we did was we, in addition to the longer term classes, we put in like these mini classes. So maybe someone just got a, a job and they're at an event venue and they just need to learn live sound. I, you know, I know all the fundamentals, you know, I know all of that. My boss really needs me to learn this part. This is all I need to learn. And so then we started building out like these little mini courses. Again, keeping our our ear to the community because of the relationships we have with the unions, you know, with the event venues, with the artists in Detroit. What's needed? One thing that we're really proud of is that and we just announced this maybe yesterday, the day before yesterday, a collaboration with an organization called DAPSEP. DAPSEP concentrates on STEM courses and education for, I think, kids starting in elementary school up to high school. I was a DAPSEP kid. And I, we noticed that they didn't have anything in audio engineering. Audio is typically left out of the engineering conversation and, and creating it. So again, I, I already had a relationship with DAPSEP, going back to relationship. Hey, have you guys ever thought about an audio engineering class? And their question, well, what would that look like? Again, I'm glad you it. asked. Yep. So now, you know, <laughs> we're starting off with just a Saturday curriculum. Yep. It's almost all... Mm -hmm. almost um, sold out. The class is almost full. So we're already looking at what are we going to do in the fall? Because these kids, these kids are on it. They're already producing beats in their basement. Right. 
my kids can run circles around me when I'm like, okay, now I have to. And I think I'm, I'm pretty computer literate, but they're so quick. They pick up things so quick. And I love like, it. Gosh, if you really give them the tools to do this, oh, yeah. not only can oh, they yeah. then create businesses for themselves, but then we're going back to the representation conversation. Indeed, indeed. And I think about that all the time because like my generation was like when the stuff started changing, right? You you went to the library and if you wanted to look for a book, it was in this little, I don't even know what it was called, but you had to file through it and stuff like that. And then it was like the yeah. next year, okay, the library has computers, you know, with the colored with the colored backgrounds and you, you're learning the type and you're playing Oregon Trail, like AOL, AIM, all of this was coming up. So I feel like I grew up with it, but now this generation behind us, they are like, they're not just growing up with it they are growing up in it right so like they are working everything so far in advanced like the opportunities are endless and the fact that you're providing space for this next generation to learn and get ahead of the curve as far as like building a career that is establishing the pipeline that's missing correct and and one thing that we noticed was Let's say a big event comes to town, a concert comes to town. We were noticing that a lot of their people who was producing it and um, doing the sound were from outside of the city. And I'm like, Detroit is talented. We're, we lose talent. We grow up in talent. Why can't we do this here? And like you said, create <laughs> yeah, a pipeline so that... The kids who are taking our classes today are now owning the businesses that are producing the concerts, producing, you know, the conferences and, and, and all of that of tomorrow. But we have to start with today. And, and that's what we're doing. That's awesome. Now, before I get into this lightning round of random questions, I have okay. one more thing that I would like you to share with our audience. What services outside of the school and things do you provide within your studio? Okay. So we provide a lot of post-production. So post-production editing, sound design, mm -hmm. um, consulting. Uh, we've consulted with advertising agencies who maybe you want to build a studio in your offices. We get that question a lot these days, especially over the last two years. What what do I need? What equipment do I need? Um, I went out and I've trained teams on this is how you you know, record podcasts yourself because they had clients who wanted podcasts and it just made better sense for them to have a podcast studio within their offices. We do a lot of pre-production work. Um, for example, uh, working with a client who comes to us and says, I think I want to have an audio version of my book. That's so how do popular. I, yeah. How do I do that? You know, why should I do that? What equipment do I need? Uh, though we are back open to the public now, we do work with a lot of clients in other states. And so the client may be in another state, but the narrator is in the Metro Detroit area. So pulling all those things together and managing that process, we do all of that. Either the Detroit studio, we, we still produce music. We produce scores for film. We do voiceovers. Um, we were working mm. with a, a um, Detroit um, film director where Love he it. needed to come in and do some overdubs. So sound. We do sound. Sound. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, y'all heard it here first. And now that you're saying all these services, I might just need to send my mom your way. You know, she just real she just 
published her first Ooh. book. The the voiceover and audio books is something that's pushing that industry ahead, right? It's a huge, 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 huge. That that is something that um we weren't doing a lot of four or five years right. ago. We weren't doing a lot of audio books. Now it's growing. It's imperative. Yeah. It's imperative. If you have a book, you better have an audio version of it for a number of reasons. From an accessibility reason, most of the the point. books that I consume now are audio versions because I'm here there and it's right. easier for me to pop them in my ear and be doing something else and I just finished Will Smith's book Will oh my gosh yeah I, I have that on the list it's on the list you're gonna love people it. was telling me they were crying it people were saying it's just was mm-hmm. phenomenal and I listened to a lot of audiobook phenomenal okay the way the sound design i'm th- i'm hearing things well of course one of the things that made it phenomenal were two things a that it was narrated by will smith nice himself. two that he had access to all of the all of the music mm. and that makes a difference mm. when, when you have access to the music where he can paint a story and have parents just don't understand in the background it right. you know it, it takes you there Sound Ooh. takes you there. I didn't even think about that. When I like, okay, confession. I don't listen to audiobooks. As you can see, I, I rather physically read it, highlight it, and all yeah, that stuff, book. right? Yeah. Like I'm I'm a little old school when it comes to that. So I haven't listened to an audiobook. Because when I think of it, I'm like, okay, it's just a person reading the book word for word. I didn't even think about the aspect of adding in additional content to make it a whole experience. Well, let me tell you something. There is an intimacy to sound. So to have the person who has gone through something share it with the pauses and the cadence of their voice. It's different because when you're reading it, you're reading it in your tone, in your cadence. Another great book was Michelle Obama's book. I mean, any type of autobiography and it's read by the narrator. I mean, it's because you're sitting back and there are things about Will Smith that I thought I knew a lot about Will Smith. I see him in a whole different light. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely has put on for the culture, for man, just in general. He's done so many different things, right? Set so many. He's done so many, and you're like, and, and it, by listening to the book, you think it was like, oh, it was all planned out, and then he did this, and he's like, nope, and I didn't even want to do that, and this so and so so and so told me to go for it, and I did. And what is this rapper doing? Acting, you right, know, right, and it's right. just uh, I, it just took me to a different place to the point of I didn't want it to end. I put off finishing it because I didn't oh, wow. want it to end, and that's what an audio book can do. It can it can make right. the words jump off the pages. I love that. All right, you open my mind up to something new. Okay, and I'm sure- please let, and let me know when you when you. I definitely will. I definitely will because, like I said, I didn't even think about it on that level. But that speaks to your expertise and what you do, right? Like this is what you do. Yeah. So I I love it. All right. So before I let you go, we okay. just go and do a couple of lightning round questions. So, Robin, are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Here we go. What's the fav your favorite piece of gear within your studio? piece of gear actually it's um, called an iRig Ooh, okay it's my favorite piece of gear because it does so much it's little it's nifty it's powerful it it, it can it can it, it just does so much I love it that's probably my favorite piece of gear All right in the studio and I probably have like five of them okay <laughs> I like it I like it. <laughs> but if you're going with one, it's the iRig. Got it. All right. So what's the favorite thing to do with your family? Oh my goodness. So much. You know, we're we always have 
some sort of sound going on. We usually have the radio going on. But my favorite thing to do these days, because it changes as they get older, I think is to when we're trying new things, uh, trying new types of food. You know, during the pandemic, being at home, there was more cooking going on. And um, Ooh, I have some picky good. eaters. And, you know, to, to pass the time, we will just go online and look for new recipes, make them <laughs> and try them. And yeah, Love it, so love it, fun. love it. Food, food is another thing that brings people together, right. just like music and audio. All right. And one last question before we go. If you could give one piece of business advice to me and the listeners, what would it be? Trust your gut. Ooh. It would never steer you wrong. It had, my gut has never steered me wrong. Where it's like, where even if I remember mm. being in, in meetings or talking about collaboration on projects and, you know, something's like, mm, this isn't, I should be more excited about this. Why aren't I more excited yeah. about this? Something's not right. I'm just going to let this one breathe. Trust your gut. Right, right. Trust your gut. All right, folks. Well, that's what we needed. Robin, thank you so much for joining me on my podcast. I'm excited about You're this. Welcome. Can't say that enough. Before I let you go, where can the people find you and connect and engage with you? Yes, I am I am on all platforms. On Twitter, Rob, at Robin Kenny. On Instagram, at Sounds and Style. Or is it Style <laughs> All right. Don't don't worry. We'll get the right link and put that in the show notes for the Instagram. Don't you worry about that. We'll get that. But right. you can always check out Audio Engineers of Detroit at aedetroit.com or motorcitymoney.com. I love it. I love it. All right. So I will drop all of that in the show notes. Don't worry. We'll get that Instagram link correct. And Robin, thank, thank you so you. much for your time. Until next time, everyone. Thank keep- you. All right, all right. Thanks for listening, folks. If you're excited to be a part of My Techie Tribe, make sure you download, subscribe, and review this podcast. And remember to stay creative and keep it techie. Peace.